Hello, my darling. Hello, husband. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking out of my uh, Hufflepuff coffee mug I just bought for myself, right? Yeah. You're a Slytherin, right? I'm a Gryffindor. Oh, that's what's up. I was worried for a moment. <laughs> no, I'm too loving to be a Slytherin. I've met some, have you met Slytherins in the wild? I have a friend who's a Slytherin, and I'm like, really? I've met, uh, a majority of my friends are Slytherin. That's so weird. I'm like, like, people are, I mean, I guess, hashtag not all Slytherins, but like, I'm like, you know, they're kind of like, like racist, right? Like, they're kind of like the, the bad people. <laughs> Slytherins are discriminatory, yeah. but they're more like, they're just, they're bad, but they also... You can't say they're all bad. So yeah. some are like, uh, what's a good one? A good example of this. From the so it just means they're, they're, they're ambitious. They're cunning and they're sly. They yeah. get on top and typically are in leadership positions. They're bosses. Each group, except Hufflepuff, really has like a downside to them. Exactly. Like uh, Ravenclaws are clumsy and not really athletic and kind of know-it-alls. And then Gryffindors are arrogant fucks who are like fratty douchebags. Hence why I'm a Hufflepuff. Yeah, Hufflepuffs don't really have anything wrong with them. They're just so friendly and sweet. They need to be defended a little bit, but not much. It's not yeah. that they're weak. It's just that they're very passive. Yeah, that perfectly describes me. And uh, I'm not competitive. So I was like, I'm probably – if I was competitive, I'd be a Gryffindor. But I'm not competitive at all. Yeah, anyway. that's what we are. Competitive sucks. Anyway. Alright, you ready to get started? I am. Alright. Hold on one second. Okay. Oh, everything's perfect now. Like, I noticed when I was recording, I was like, oh, the levels seem kind of low, but that might just be, like, a fluke thing. You can fix that in post. Like, that's not a big deal. But now I know it's gonna it's a big deal because the levels look how they should right now, and that's because I'm using okay. the right mic. Okay. Anyway. Okay. All right. All right. Let me take a sip of tea. Hello world, welcome back to the Flores and Friends podcast, episode 49. I'm happy to announce that this is a very special episode for a multitude of reasons. Uh, the first, the probably the biggest, is that as I teased a couple weeks ago, uh, <laughs> I am joined by my sort of wife, asterisk, like attached to wife, uh, Rachel Hatcher. How are you doing this evening? I'm wonderful, hubby. How are you? I'm fine. And we'll get to that story because I did have people ask me, like, how does that work? I'm like, it was a teaser. You got to listen to the show. I'll ex- we'll explain on the show. Uh, the second reason this is a special episode is because this is coming out on Halloween uh, day, uh, October 31st, Wednesday. And so Rachel, my lovely, lovely guest, and I will be going through some Halloween-themed topics, uh, going through... Uh, escape rooms, haunted houses, uh, Halloween in general, and of course our, you know, some of our favorite and least favorite in horror movies. And the last reason this is special is because uh, a little peek behind the curtain here. Um, this is our second attempt at recording this. <laughs> 
<laughs> so the story goes that uh, we Rachel and I recorded. God, we recorded this like. Like a week and a half ago, right? Like it was a while ago, right? Yes. So we recorded this last Sunday. Yeah. And my dumbass uh, fucked up the recording, and the original recording is hot trash. Uh, but it, we decided, you know what? We're going to. I Luckily, I caught it a, a couple of days in advance. So we're actually recording this the Tuesday night before it drops. And it'll be the quickest turnaround I've ever done on an episode. And. The recording is going to be fun because the first time was fun and, you know, always talking to Rachel is fun. But I'm not looking forward to the edit because I have to have this done because I do have work tomorrow and, you know, trying to go to bed before midnight. So wait, are you telling me you're giving me a quickie? No, I, I'm not giving you a quickie. We're going to do it the same. We're not – I'm not going to put any time constraints on it. Uh, it's because luckily thank you again for, you know, making time because I was – I called you yesterday like morose because this is like – this is episode 49, and I've only had this happen, like, twice before, and the first time it happened, I almost quit. Like, I was like, I can't, I don't ever want to deal with, and then the first time it happened, I started, like, after that, I uh, I started keeping backups, and I'm like, you gotta, you gotta make backups, dude. And uh, the second time, it actually happened with Justin, but luckily, he could record, like, a couple of days later, and it all worked out. Um, but yeah, so, you know, almost 50 episodes only happened to me like three times and only really fucked me once. So, yeah. Thank you again, Rachel. <laughs> oh, more than happy to. Anyway, we, uh, we're we going to go over the same things we talked about originally. But, you know, maybe put a fresh spin on it this time. But so you <laughs> – I do consider you my sort of wife. Um, <clears throat> what happened was for people who were curious – is I basically drunk texted you, and would you like to recount this story again for the audience? Because <laughs> I don't remember oh, I, any of this. So it was basically, it was the snap drunk texting. First of all, we did it in a place where the uh, all of our conversation would disappear because we never saved it. Yeah, naturally. But it went something along where you were like, hey, with like seven or nine wise. <laughs> yep. It was enough right. where I was like, well, he certainly has something to say. I'm here. <laughs> So I was like, hey, how are you? And you're like, I'm drunk, but I love you. And I was like, I love you too. And you're like, no, you don't. And I said, yes, I do. I would marry you right now. And you were like, then let's do it. So I was like, yep. And then the next morning I texted you and you're like, hey, or you texted me and said, hey, I'm sorry if I said anything last night. Uh, I saw that I was messaging you, but I can't see what the messages were. And I was like, oh, it's nothing really important. I mean, we got married and all, but that was bound to happen. I do recall waking up that next day and you telling me we got married. I was like, oh, really? And you said, yeah. I was like, oh, word, cool. And I think I don't have the, I don't have the receipts anymore, but I think, I, I think my first response and my consistent response is, you could do much better. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it out there. You could do much better. <laughs> not, not at all. Not someone as witty and as awesome as my Hufflepuff John. <laughs> uh, we, uh, you know, I'm I'm embarrassed to admit that that was an all too frequent occurrence when I did drink, and you know, luckily I've been at this time of recording, uh, going on nine months sobriety, and I'll tell you, besides like the massive hangovers and like all the physical symptoms of that, the second thing I missed the least is the drunk text because I was a notorious drunk texter, and I will apologize. I'll have to apologize for the rest of my life for some of the stupid shit I've said. Ugh, it's not a good look, and it never was a good look, and it, it just – it's so embarrassing. But I, luckily I have good people like you in my life who are like, 
He's just drunk. He's just drunk. Don't even pay him. Helps, to you never said anything stupid to me. Well, you were one of the lucky ones because I definitely, uh, definitely have said a lot of stupid things, sober and drunk in my life. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> I do remember last time we talked, we spoke about how you were ready to win the Mega Millions. And yes. I was so glad that we hadn't signed a prenup. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't win the lottery. And, you know, that's a bummer. Uh, but, you know, eventually, I mean, I plan on being on this planet for at least another 10 years, so, eh, you know, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't, but yeah, <laughs> don't worry, baby, I would take care of you, uh, but yeah, it's Halloween, so, like I said, recording this on the 30th, did you go out, did you go out, I saw you went out this past weekend, like, the weekend before Halloween is usually the one everyone celebrates and stuff like that, so what did you, did you have a good weekend? I had an amazing weekend. Oh, well... It was very round altogether interesting. So each night I actually went out and did something uh, or partied in some way. So Friday night I had a I hosted a Halloween party. Nice. So it was like a house party with games and indoor drinking. And I was Laura Croft that night. Yeah, I saw that and costume. It was really well done. I think it, well, at that point it's more of a cosplay than anything because I'm going to re-wear it at a con. Yeah. But, um... Then the other thing was then we went out clubbing on Saturday night, and my whole group went as, like, um, God, a fallen angel, a regular angel, and then we ended up having a female and male Satan. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, so I was the fallen angel. What I had not anticipated to the bar we went to is dancing in a club on the bottom floor, but arcade games upstairs. Yeah. So I had some, some pretty decent-sized black wings, but nothing that really protruded my body. Yeah. And I was going up the stairs, and I'm like, don't fall in stilettos, don't fall in stilettos. And people kept hitting my wings. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to die here, this is the moment. <laughs> and because of what I'm dressed as, I'm definitely not going upstairs. So, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Very drunk. Uh, but everyone made it back safe, which is good. And the music was amazing. Yeah. And then, Sunday night, it was some horror movies, yeah. some pumpkin carving, and like Halloween themed treats. That sounds like a fun weekend. You know um, what I've noticed, and this goes out to just because I was having this conversation with a friend uh, last week. Was like I did go out. I went out Friday and Saturday. Saturday was like the big thing in Austin and stuff like that. Uh, I noticed it. It amazes me. It amazes me how privileged I am as a man because. I don't have to put much effort in just going out in general, and especially on Halloween. Like, I, I just wore a T-shirt and jeans. That's basically all I wore. That was it. I mean, and nobody expected much from me. And maybe when, maybe people don't expect much expect much from women, like, really, but it felt like, again, even when I'm – even on, like, non-holiday stuff like that, but girls put so much energy and so much effort into their appearance when they go out like it's like go big or go home it's like i have seen guys i've been this guy too who's just gone out and look like a schlub i've never seen a girl never seen a girl just go out and look like a schlub at like a bar or anything like that y'all always make sure you all are dressed to impress it is remarkable and i commend you for your effort hobby you need to come to richmond because <laughs> let me tell you there are nights where i'm just like get off work 
And like, like for example, recently, I've been yeah. building my new house, one billion room. So yeah. every day I would come into work and like paint covered clothes, construction, like things I can get sawdust on, things yeah. I can get paint on, and like no makeup and a butt. This past weekend I had a proposal happen, and so I came in dressed nice. Yeah. All of my employees are male, and they turn around and they say, "Oh my God, you are a girl." Like, <laughs> what am I talking me? about? They're like in two, like they're like for two months. You haven't worn an ounce of makeup, yeah. and you haven't worn any nice clothes. You've just been in like work clothes. So we just forgot that you were actually a chick. And I was like, "Thank you, gentlemen. You are so kind." Well, uh, yeah, of course, everyone has their casual moments, and I think I've, I've I think I've most of the girlfriends that I have in my life are the ones that aren't always like very superficial. Not that there's anything wrong with that uh, about their parents. <laughs> to the nines. Just, just just dress very casual, right? Like. But what it? But I will say that when the occasion calls for it, like if I want to, if I wanted to go out tonight, you know, and look presentable, I'd wear, you know, some nice pants and a nice shirt, like a polo shirt with a, co- a collared shirt, basically. Or if it's a little warm, be, wear, wear a nice V-neck, right? Like that's it. That's all I have to do, and put on some sneakers. That is all I have to do. Like for Halloween this past weekend, literally just a T-shirt. Again, we'll get into this later. I'm not that big into Halloween, so that's why I didn't really go out this year, like go go really uh, out of the way for a costume this year. But it just amazes me. Like the couples and the girls that I saw out there Saturday night, I was like, y'all live for this shit. And y'all put your, pour your hearts and souls into this shit. And I'm just like, damn, dude, I wish I cared about it that much. <laughs> I think I think I may have something behind that of the, the psychology of why they do. Yeah. And it's the same thing like with cons, which you and I have discussed. You're not really into. It's a reason to dress up, and a majority of people don't actually like, or at least chicks get dressed up. Like they go to the nines, they go yeah. full on for Halloween because of anyone else. It's more of how good or how crazy can I look? Because yeah. you can't, you don't get a chance to do this every day. So this is your one chance, really, unless you do Comic Cons, yeah. where you get to cover yourself in blood, cover yourself in glitter. And people don't stare at you like you're crazy. Because yeah. if you wore those outfits or anything, like, even say, take, get like, most of the girls that dress as, like, little deer with antlers, or, they, you know, like, put a headband on with animal ears or in a tail or something like that, and they wear skimpy outfits. I'm not knocking that. I love to stare at that personally. Yeah. But it's, anytime they wear those outfits, minus the ears, minus the tail, they get looked at like they're crazy or slutty or something like that. So this is the day they get to cut walk loose. around in what they want to yeah cut loose exactly and that's why they go so fucking crazy i'm sure if we got to do this once a month it might be dialed down a yeah. hint yeah. not a lot but a hint yeah which makes sense uh and we'll get more into this in when we talk about the halloween themes but let's move on you touched on it earlier you operate an escape room would you like to give it a plug real quick before we get started talking about escape rooms in general oh i guess i run a river city escape room in richmond virginia Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes, go ahead. No, no, that's just it. I, I know you're not really for them. And yeah. I got to say, I started out like you, having never done one. And I did one, and the first one you ever do is the hardest. Because you got to think of it like football. Yeah. You walk in a field, I throw you the ball, and you don't know the plays. You're probably going to get tackled. So you, when a person walks in an escape room, they don't know how they work. They're probably not going to make it out. Yeah. But the more you do, the more plays you know, the easier it becomes. So I started like you, having never done one. I know your first experience may have not been like the best, or you might not have been into it, maybe even the theme, or some problems. Some rooms are mathematical, some are literary, some yeah. are critical thinking, some are observation. It all depends on what you're good at. But 
I get a high and some people they just get a high from solving things or like kinetic video games where you do this do this do this this triggers this door to open or this happens and it's just like ah it's yeah. like a giant brain gasm well I'll just say that I don't get them like I'll just get that out the way I don't I don't understand escape room I've been to two in my life both with the same group of friends I, I don't want to say I was dragged but I was definitely it's not my first choice of activities but again my friends wanted to go both times i'm like you know what i don't mind y'all want me and it's i'm just happy to be invited let's go and uh it's it's fine it's just the fact that like and my friends had been describing it shout out to steven and rachel uh rachel gert not rachel hatcher here uh because they're the ones that were the junkies who are they are junkies about escape rooms like they would tell me about the stats they would tell me about the percentages the times and stuff like that i'm like oh that sounds really fun i guess uh and god bless them they tried to get me into them i just don't get it because like it's it's like first off i I think i told you off the pod i'm not competitive like i don't really except ping pong ping pong is the only thing i ever get competitive about but uh but as far as escape rooms man i was just like this is fun i mean it's an it's a thing to do but it's not i don't i don't see why people get you were just you, you were talking about a high that you get from it and i'm like yeah, I get it. Like, I get things can give you highs, but I don't understand why this gives you a high. And I think it's because I'm a very – and we talked about this last time – was like I don't get – I'm not into immersion. Like, I'm not into dress-up. I'm not into, like, feeling a part of the story or whatever you want to call it. I'm more of, like, a spectator, and I'm like – I'll go see a movie. Like, I don't mind going to see a horror movie. Hell, I'd love to go – well, not love, but I will talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't, like, like to go to horror movies, but I would prefer to go to a horror movie because, like, I don't really feel the need to be an active participant. I don't mind being a spectator. You know what I'm saying? It's just like – but what would you – What like, I know you touched on it, but, like, what is an escape room for you? Like what – especially if someone operates it, is it – please elaborate for – like say someone who's never heard of an escape room or never been to an escape room. What would you tell them is like I guess your sales pitch? When I uh, meet someone that's ever done one, I'm like, well, my job is I lock you in a room for an hour. You're not physically locked in because the fire marshal would have my head. I lock you in a room for better words for an hour and you have to use riddles, puzzles, clues, and team building to escape. These rooms were designed all about communication. Simply put, if you don't communicate, you won't get out. And you just got to see if you can do it. And if you can't, then you're kind of bummed. But if you can, you get, like, so excited and you can't wait to do another one. Yeah, that's that's pretty what my, pretty much what my friends described it as. Like, when they first did it, I don't know why they first did it, what the impetus was. But they when they said it, they were like, oh, it was so much fun. We had to keep doing it. I'm like, again, I've been <laughs> – I've been accused of being a very rigid person. Like, I don't like to try a lot of new things. Like, I'll, I'll try new things within things I already like. Like, say, like the analogy I use is like, I'll go, I'll try something new at the restaurant I like, but I won't go to a new restaurant. So, like, if it's in my realm of comfort or realm of familiarity, I'll like, I'll try something new, but I'm not really one to like leap into a new pond. You feel me, right? Yes. And so, I, I, when I went, I was, and I told you this last time, I was like, I I totally agree with you that it's a great team building. You got to have a great group cuz like you got to have people that are into it just as much as you and you got to have people who are like actively trying to figure it out as just you. Each time I went, I was more like, "Hey guys, I'll play cleanup." 
like I'll just look around for shit, and you know if something sticks out, I'll point it out. But I, that that you know I'm here. I'm the bench player. You know I'm coming off the bench. But I, I think I, t- I told you last time I was like when I did go, and this will you can speak to this, is I was so impressed by the production value of both rooms I've gone to. I'm like, it, I'm just so fascinated by the artistry that goes into it. As someone who works at one, operates it, and manages it, and kind of and also contributes to the creation of these things. What can you what can you tell us about it? Like, well, first and foremost, escape rooms normally run about twenty five dollars per person, so you don't want to be dropping that mm-hmm. at a place that doesn't care. So always check the reviews before you go. Yes, and those reviews will kind of tell you are they corporate or not. If they're not corporate, then chances are they made them themselves. If they are corporate, that means they have the same rooms in the same buildings at different locations all around the state or the country. I know Breakout is a good example of that. Uh, they still have good rooms. They're just same menu items at different locations. Yeah. Where we build ours through Inception. So that means that, like, we there aren't any like it. There could be a theme. There's probably tons of Sherlock Holmes ones. There's probably tons of speakeasies. Uh, we just spent seven months building an, uh, an Alice in Wonderland-themed one. Mm-hmm. But you won't find that Alice in Wonderland anywhere else in the world because we are the only ones that made it. And yeah. no one outside this little team talked to anyone else. And we just spent, like I said, seven months of coming up with the ideas, getting a contractor to design the, the walls and the things that we want. Um, Sam Williams, our owner, he is a double major engineer or double engineer. And he handles all the circuitry. We love our magnets here personally. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The cool thing about this escape room, there's not a single lock in it. So it's all mental triggers. When you've done the correct thing, something somewhere else will change. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's beautiful. It's breathtaking. It's awesome. This particular room does come with an epileptic warning, but it's uh, amazing. So you can always tell the difference between homemade cupcakes versus store-bought cupcakes. One just tastes better. <laughs> it's a great analogy. So you would say, because I'm fascinated, because like I, I, again, I haven't been to one, but I, like my friends have been to ones that are like completely awful and they suck and they're very easy. And they've also been to ones that are so fucking hard that they're like, we're going to try and get, get that one one day, but I don't know. Uh, but so you would say the caring is the biggest aspect to distinguish between a great room and a shitty room. It's like how much effort is the team putting into it, right? How much passion do they have about what they do? Definitely. Um, some I will even admit there are days where some of my employees aren't the most enthusiastic that they could be when someone comes in, and it and it takes away from the experience. Not only is it about the design of inside the room, it's about the people that put you in those rooms. Are they saying, "Hey, welcome. This is your room. These are the rules. Good luck," and then you're done. You're on your own. Or are they like, "Oh my God, who's excited? Who's gonna do this?" Do we have, like, really getting in your face, not in your face, but being almost a cheerleader in that situation, like, let's do this, let's get pumped. As far as, like, operating and managing one, what can you tell us about the history of escape rooms and what, and again, another, I guess, peek behind the curtain, but what's something that someone who doesn't work at a, obviously work in an escape room, what's something they would be surprised about goes on behind the scenes, I guess? (laughs) Well, I got... Two, uh, you two answers. So one for your first part, and then the second part's funnier. So um, from my understanding, the history behind escape rooms, it started in Asia mm-hmm. as, like, you know, like puzzle boxes and things like that, really. But then they started making rooms based off those puzzle boxes. Then they got picked up in the U.K. around 2009, mm-hmm. 2008-ish. And then they really started booming over here, at least on the East Coast and in Virginia, in 2009 through 2011. 
and they 2012, are, I would yeah. say there was crap times, like in the D.C. area, for example. Uh, in Richmond, they started, at least I can say exactly, in 2011, and they've exploded since then. So, like, recently we built Warehouse 29 with another escape room. And Warehouse 29 is the only one of its kind in the United States. It's a warehouse with augmented reality and, or excuse me, virtual reality. So you have virtual reality backpacks. Yeah and uh, an immersive experience that's based off of Edgar Allan Poe. And basically the AI that runs it has come to life and is trying to kill you. So you have to work your way through virtual reality and then actual reality and shut down the system before it kills you. And it's about a two-hour experience. To keep escape rooms going, they have to keep up with technology. So the next step is AR and augmented reality. Um, As for the funny bits... We sometimes play drinking games to them. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of escape rooms do it. Different companies here, we don't only because most of my staff are under the age of 21 or they all drive here from farther places. Yeah. Uh, but at another escape room, I know a lot of theirs uh, Uber to work. And they'll be like, oh, someone did this. Everybody drink. Or like, you'll go home, pull up the security camera. If there's no other game you can think to play. You're like, everybody drink. Uh, these aren't recorded. They're not viewed for any other purpose except maybe to help the person watching them. Yeah. But there are there are games played or like betting pools. Like, all right, all right. The person who's got to like stay the latest tonight, we're betting on this next room and like gambling and things like that. It gets to be pretty funny. I, I, I can tell from this conversation, the one we had a week and a half ago and just our conversations in general, how dedicated you are to – to doing these sort of things. I don't know. I wish I was into them. Like, I really do. Because they seem like... Because they are huge. Like, there are, like, several in Austin. And there's several in New Orleans. And there's, like... They're all over the place. And I get it. Like, like if you were, like... I think we talked about this last time. Like, it's one of the few things you leave your phone at the desk. And you're not checking your phone. Well, I hope... I would hope you're not checking your phone somehow it's or some way. an hour without your phones, which is hard to find these days. So you actually have to focus on the people and what's happening in front of you. I, got to, I went to the movies the other day and saw A Star is Born, and there were people on their phones half the time, and it was a beautiful movie. So in escape rooms, at least, we say, hey, remember, you're not supposed to be on your phones because we want you to focus on being in the moment. Yeah, and if you're, if you're not in the moment, don't even get me started on the, on the phones in movies. Like, I get it. I totally get it. I check my phone sometimes if the movie's boring to check the time or check whatever, but I never understood that. I'm like, are you here to see the movie? Like, because that's what I'm here for and that's what I paid for. And so, like, when the escape room, you're like, why would you waste your time? You paid good money to be here. Like, why are you going to waste your time on your phone while you're doing it? That seems very silly. It's like, but yeah, I think that's the catch. I, I don't, I, I, not the catch. I think that's the appeal or part of the appeal is like, Real people are doing something simulated, but you're having a real experience doing something with real people, and it involves no technology outside of the uh, production of the experience. You know what I'm saying? I think people latch, latch, we're latching on to that sort of thing more and more these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but exactly. So I think you said the uh, escape rooms kind of came out of uh, puzzle rooms and haunted houses, correct? So, like, speaking of haunted houses, uh, Halloween. Wah-ha-ha-ha. I'll add a sound effect for that because that was pretty pretty janky. But <laughs> I'll say this about Halloween. Um, it's another thing I just don't get, um, and I'll explain why. But 
my main thesis, I guess, is if Halloween, if this was the last Halloween, if like today, I guess, when this releases, if this was the last Halloween ever, I mean, I'd feel bad for kids who don't get to like experience it, but I'm like, I'd be fine. I'd be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I can live without it. I know you and several other people listening want to throw a brick at my head right now. Oh, we just want to smash a pumpkin on your face. Yeah, so what is Halloween for you, man, as as a fan? Like, you you started off this episode, you it was pretty much like an all-weekend thing for you. Like, what is Halloween for you? Halloween is adrenaline for me. Uh, think about it this way. Halloween, like, every holiday sparks an emotion typically or like oh fourth of july drinking almost every holiday i guess but like you know i'm not even saying a singular person but as a collective you get a feeling in the air when it becomes christmas time even if you aren't into christmas or even if the depression hits you before that hits you you can kind of look around and people are feeling a certain way or at least kids are and things like that same with fall you know, the leaves rustle under your feet, you don yeah. don your boots, you go to apple picking fields, you go to pumpkin patches, you get your friends together and you shove your hand in dirty, disgusting guts that you're not even going to really eat unless you eat pumpkin seeds. And you do it because it's the season. It's the season for scary. And you watch horror movies. I have friends that are terrified of horror movies. But Halloween comes, we get a big group together, we get popcorn and treats, and we're all watching them and laughing and screaming together or making up commentary or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I plan to go out tomorrow night, and I, I probably, before I go out, um, I'll probably watch, I usually watch Night of the Living Dead, that's become my, like, if I'm not doing anything on Halloween, I like, that, I try and watch that movie, because it's very, it's a classic, uh, and it, uh, it also, it just gets me in the mood for Halloween and stuff like that, but, uh, you sound like you have a lot of personal history and traditions with the holiday, like, what are some, like, you, did you grow up trick-or-treating as a kid? Uh, yeah, so uh, I grew up on a farm, so it was very like scarecrows, pumpkins. It was very, very yeah. stereotypical, especially with the cornfields, the horror movies, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and we always went trick or treating as like kids with our parents, and then we always, we never missed the pumpkin patch and the, like going out on a like a hayride to go get them and then you go back at night to that same hayride and they take you through the woods and at one point it was like a labyrinth that you had to physically crawl through or like step into a coffin and go downstairs or things things like that it was i I can't imagine a halloween coming and not partaking at least in three out of ten of halloween traditions you know what i mean it just isn't it won't be November, and then it, my birthday is in November, and it isn't my birthday until you do certain things. It's like you have to check these off for the uh, year to have gone by. So would does you? That make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It does make sense. Uh, would you say that it's your favorite holiday then? Nope, nope. That's Valentine's Day. <laughs> See? I am a big Valentine's Day fan. Uh, I love love, and I mean, on that note, like I've had some of the worst Valentine's days, like I just imagine. like other people have had. But I love that girls will don black dresses and go dancing out in public just to be like, ah, F dudes, we're friends. Or a little kid will make his mom a Valentine's Day card or give out their classmates cards, even if it is mandatory. I walk around with a bag of kisses and I'm like, would you like a kiss to everyone I interact with that day? Like, I love it. See, I, I've been single. I don't think I've ever had a real serious girlfriend i've been like okay i've been seeing people on during halloween like you know something very casual but nothing formal enough to where i felt like oh 
I need to make this. It's a special occasion. Like I never ever had anything like that. So uh, so Valentine's Day as an aside is just like it's just stupid to me. But maybe one day if I actually ever you know settle down with a a girl and I feel the obligation or feel the want, maybe. But when your wife isn't on the other side of the country. <laughs> Oh man, I'm sure your boyfriend would love to hear that. Oh, he knows. I, I'm very well aware. He's like, "How's work?" And I'm like, "I can't have you text me right now. My phone buzzing because I'm, I'm doing a podcast with my husband." And he's like, "Okay, cool." He's man, like, "That's fine." Seems like a liberal dude. I, I hope to meet him someday. And you know, I I'm trying to get up there next year, but uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, see, I didn't really have a lot of that like personal traditions with Halloween, like. I don't know, maybe it's because my mom isn't big into it either. Like, my family's not big into it. But uh, I didn't really start getting into it until college because, like, in 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 high, in high school, I hopped around in high school a lot. Uh, but when I did finally start, like, drinking, uh, Halloween became a lot better. Like, I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Parties and shit and, like, this is what it's all about right here. The fuck all that trick-or-treating stuff except the candy because, I mean, who doesn't like candy? Uh, I imagine it's a dentist's favorite holiday too. Oh God, all the money! Oh God, the cavities alone. Uh, and candied apples—that's another thing. Caramel like apples and like candied apples and shit like that, man. Man, look, I was like, I'll take that over a Snickers bar any day of the week. But did you see my Snapchat or Instagram the other day where I posted? I took green sour apples. I carved out the top into the core. Mm-hmm. I put mini airplane bottles of Fireball into that, oh, like God. flipped them upside down so they drain into the apple. And I put caramel drizzle to seal the alcohol into oh. the apple. Huh? Oh, I God. called them poisoned apples. <laughs> they sat like, okay, so like if you would mention that to me like a year ago, I would be all about it. But now where I'm at in life. I'm good. Uh, that sounds like death. That sounds like. Does it sound like a poisoned apple? <laughs> it sounds. It sounds like it'd be fun in the in like after one, but like after like five of those bad boys, that sounds like it would be turned into a bad time. But yeah, man, like I loved, I loved Halloween in college and like the years after college. Like hell, last year I had friends coming to Austin. We dressed up as Spider Man, Spider Men. Well, one of us was a woman, so Spider People, Spidey Squad. Uh, Spider Gwen. We no, she dressed up as just Spider Man. But I bet she would if she want. I bet she wanted to. I don't think she could find a Spider Gwen costume in time, but. Uh, Spidey, we called ourselves Spidey Squad. It was so much fun, but it was so cold. Like we were in like spandex, head to toe spandex outfits, and like it was like thirty degrees that night, and it was so much fun. But it was so cold, like we were so freezing. But we had we had such a great time. But so what's like okay? If you recall some of your Halloweens, like what's the best costume you ever had? Oh, uh, had a pretty mean Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year, I you... also had a uh, so I, like I've seen my whole body green and everything. Oh yeah, uh, that's what I was gonna ask. Good one there. Well, it was like just like uh, long black sleeve dress, but like with green leggings and then green neck and face paint. So it was super fun. Seems uh, like a pretty easy and costume. One where I was a like red riding hood, right? But half yeah. of my face was a werewolf or like the ah. man, and then the other half was like mauled to shit with blood. Oh wow! Uh, I want to so, say mm, okay. Blood wise, either the Tomb Raider one or the uh, half Red Riding Hood one. The blood was definitely fun, and the fangs were fun. Uh, good looking wise, I would definitely say my Angel of Darkness or Angel of Death this past weekend. 
I think I I really liked that one. I was very impressed by all your outfits this weekend. Uh, so Thank you. what would like? Do you have like a best Halloween that you remember? Like one that you recall that was like fucking awesome? I have a really good one, and that's uh, okay. So I want you to think pre-legal drinking age. Okay, right? I'm there. I'm with you so far. So setting the stage, we go to a house party, right? Uh, we're the youngest people there. Oh, like, I don't know how my high school friends got us to go there. And um, we get there. And I am a slutty Hermione. My friend yes. is a slutty Trojan warrior uh, <laughs> or gladiator. And my other friend is a slutty bell, right? Which, you know, Halloween is, isn't Halloween unless people are slutty. So we get there. And I remember this is this was a very very special Halloween because first of all it was my first party with Jungle Juice, oh. and second of all it was my first party with what? Jello shots. What? Both of these things being made with Everclear. Oh God. Oh. So I get left alone for a second, right? Yep. And my cousin comes back to me and she goes, sees me tonguing a Jello shot. She goes, Oh my God, Rachel, how many have you had? Oh, that had, and it was my tongue in the thing. I go like eight. Oh, and she's like, oh, you God. need to sit down. These are made with Everclear. And I'm like, yeah, it's in the jungle juice. And she's like, you're drinking that too? And oh, I was like, yeah, God. it's yummy. And then, like, so everyone oh, like, continues. It was a shitty shit show, right? Oh, God. But then, end of the night starts coming, somewhere like around 1 in the, mo- the morning. And the cops come. And I remember... Uh, we were near the front door, so we saw at the window, like, five or six cop cars roll up. Yeah. And it's a huge house party. It was huge. There was, like, 50 or 60 people there. So five or six cop cars show up, and two cops get out per car. So I run down the stairs, <laughs> down into, like, the den, out the back, like, patio, and I see all my friends. So I grab them, and I throw them. We're all wearing heels in these short outfits over a six-foot wooden fence you know the wooden fences that have like the bar in the middle that you can kind of use to support yeah so i heave them all over we all get and then we're all stumbling through the woods like bambi legging <laughs> trying to get through <laughs> but you know we're like <laughs> <laughs> what? Can't like, loud shout whispers and then laughing i think we all tore we were wearing hose because we were falling and just giggling and finally i get them to a bush and i like hide them we're a block or so over, so hopefully the cops don't come in their cars down that road. And I call my aunt, uh, my cousin's mother, and I'm just like the other person that was at the party. And I'm like, hey, Cher, can you, can you come get us? We're like super duper duper, and they all go duper drunk. And so she, she's like, yes, Rachel, send me your thing. Because this is before Uber and Lyft existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she gets us, we all stumble in. And we get home, and it was just, I'll never forget, like, seeing us all, like, that's the only scene I really remember, is, besides going over the fence, it's just, like, glimpses or screenshots of that night, and us all running through the woods and just laughing. Jesus. That was a good one. I, uh, I think the best costume I ever had, I think, I think it's because of the simplicity of it all, like, if I... I would wear it again because it was such an easy costume. Was I dressed up as Waldo one year and like <laughs> pro tip to like anyone, it's such an easy costume. Like just I think it cost me forty bucks to buy like the the hat, glasses and shirt combo. Easy, easy, super easy. And that that was a fun night. It was a crazy night just like that one. Like it was at one of my friends' house and he had his he invited all of his friends 
His two other roommates invited all of their friends. And then, like, this 1,200, maybe 1,200 square feet apartment, like, I wouldn't be surprised if 100 people showed up. Like, 100, 110, 20, something like that. It was fucking insane how many people were in this small space. It got so crazy. Someone almost died, you know, alcohol poisoning. And the ambulance came, and that was when that party ended. But I think the best Halloween I ever had... Uh, <laughs> See, I already told you the story, and it's still funny to me. Uh, <laughs> so, I, I was a huge dick. Uh, I, I mean, I'm still kind of a dick, but I'm in my earlier days, not only was I a, a f- obnoxious drunk, I was such a dick to women, like, so often in my life. But, I mean, I was 22, you know. Uh, but so, I, I hosted a Halloween party, because back in my day, I, I was the one that really hosted a lot of parties with my friends. Uh and so a girl who was very interested, very interested in me. We had gone on maybe one or two dates, and she was, you know, you know, we were. It was. I would like to think things were progressing, right? So I invited her over with her friends, and so I was like, "Yeah, buddy, this is gonna be it, man. This is the night." And I'm like, "But what happened was, <laughs> what happened was another friend of mine, and he's not even really a friend. He was a coworker, brought his friend." who was a very young, very attractive girl dressed up as a sexy cop outfit, which, whoa boy, she definitely put the sexy in that cop that cop outfit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, so I had a dilemma on my hands because I, because the girl, this, this girl uh, who, spoiler alert, eventually became my girlfriend for a short amount of time, uh, who was the sexy cop, was definitely interested in me right away. I don't know why. She thought I was cute. I looked like a hot mess. But... So I had a dilemma in my hand. So that's not the funny part, all right? The funny part to me is, will forever be, is frequent guest of the show and my hetero life mate, Ben Casson. He dressed up that night as Dr. Frankenfurter. And anyone who is familiar with Rocky Horror Picture Show and whose that is, but like basically Ben dressed up in a corset and fishnet stockings and a banana hammock, right? And it was so funny. Like the first time he walked into my apartment, uh... <laughs> First time we walked in my apartment, I couldn't stop laughing at him for like five minutes because uh, I'm gonna say this delicately. Um, let's just say the, uh, the 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 little clothing he had. He looked. It was just funny, dude. I can't I can't tell you how just how funny he looked. I still have a picture. Maybe I'll tweet it out one day. But it was it's so good. But basically, I came to him because he's one of my, he was my best friend at the party. So I asked him. I was like, dude, I got two girls that really like me, dude. I don't know who to pick. I kind of want both. He's like, of course you want both, you dumbass. You're drunk. I'm like, well, yeah, I know, but, like, what do I do? And I just remember, like, the voice of my conscience, my Jiminy Cricket that night, was a six-foot-two Jewish man dressed up as a transvestite telling me, you know, John, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. That is the funniest... (laughs) I still, like... I was like, that was just one of the greatest nights ever in my life and luckily you know again i was a dick but luckily it all worked out for everybody and stuff like that and you know uh the girl that um i didn't end up with that night uh luckily it all worked out is all is what i'll say <laughs> well i'm glad to hear that uh, but yeah, i'm definitely dude, gonna need that frankenfurter picture oh dude it was so dude it's so good he looked so good uh but yeah that was probably my best halloween ever although you know it was like it has a little dark underbelly to it, but still really funny. I dressed up as a uh, 
as a red shirt from Star Trek because I just was like, no one ever wants to be the red shirts. So I was like, you know what? I'll be a red shirt that night. It was a lot of fun, that man. That means you're going to die. But it was funny because I thought it was hilarious. Like, every, nobody wants to be a red shirt. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. Do you have any other great Halloween stories or Halloween? Do you have any bad ones? Like, do you have any, like, shitty, shitty Halloweens? Mm, I feel like I got fight one Halloween, but I can't remember it. I, I just the next day, you know, you wake up with the weirdest bruises. Some bruises are good, some are bad. I know this year I woke up with bruises all over my knees because there was a torque off, and oh it just it gets. I don't remember much, but I see the bruises. I'm like, huh, and it's still. It's been like five or four days, and I'm like, they're still there. And I remember when I was talking to the person that saw it, I was like, okay, two very important questions because I don't remember it. One. Did you get it on tape? I'm gonna need to see that too. Did I win? <laughs> just things like that. Another good one I would say is I love the year it fell on um, daylight savings time oh, or like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. fall back. So we had to be home by like two because this was another underage drinking Halloween, and we were like, okay, gotta get home by two. No problem. No problem. And then it struck two, and we're like, shit! But it went back to one, and we're like, party! <laughs> Those are, the, that, those are the best nights, man, when you get bailed out like that. Uh, are you uh, are you going out tomorrow night, or are you just going to call it a night? Uh, I'm on the fence. Uh, multiple offers, multiple things going. Like, there's, you know, certain bars, certain clubs. Uh, my friend's performing a show. Uh, yeah. Moose Trap. Uh, that one's supposed to be, that one's probably the most chill. But at the same time, I've done everything this Halloween except, like, kid things like you know the fun the fun campy quirky ones so my friend she's got like a six-year-old a four-year-old two-year-old like a nine-month-old and i was almost like hey can i go trick-or-treating with you guys because i feel like that's gonna be adorable as shit but the other side of that is you can't get too close to children because they are contagious and i'm good (laughs) yeah uh yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna go out uh and that's very rare for me in the middle of the week like i never I never go out in the middle league, but I think I'm going to tomorrow. It depends on how I feel because, as I told you, uh, last night I felt like shit yesterday and I felt like shit all day today. So hopefully I start feeling better tomorrow, man. Um, Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Halloween. I don't get it, but I'm glad people do. I guess that's the point. It's just not my it's just not my bag, man. But you know. But you love those horror movies. I know you do. Yeah. Speaking of which, hold on. I gotta go grab my list. I forgot to grab it. I'll be right back. Where the fuck is the list? Got the list. Okay. So, alright, we, we wanted to talk about uh, horror movies. So do you have your list of uh, horror movies and then we'll get to the questionnaire? Does that sound good? I'm for it. Okay. So, what are some of your favorite horror movies, Rachel? Uh, right now, mm-hmm. I would say my favorite is going to be The Haunting of Hill House at Netflix. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've honestly watched it two or three times. Like, or I've watched it legit, legitimately twice. And I've made Andrew watch it for my third time. And now it's more like watching him watch it. And it's, it's so insane. It's so intense. Stephen King called it a genius uh, work of art. It's the cinematography, the horror, how they dive into not only basic horror where people are like, oh, I'm scared of clowns, or oh, I'm scared of heights, or oh, I'm scared of spiders, but also this fear of 
I'm scared of dying alone or I'm scared of like, you know, legitimate horror in the world. So for anyone who's not aware, she's referring to the uh, miniseries. Is it a miniseries or are they going to have like a season two? Do you know? No, I think it's a season one kind of thing. It's like done. Okay. Well, she's talking about a show on Netflix. Uh, You know, I was thinking about watching it, but this may make me sound like a sissy, but uh, I was more curious in the new Sabrina show that just came out, so I watched that instead. But uh, Okay, I'm on episode like four or five of that. Oh, I loved it. I enjoyed the hell out of it. But with the haunting thing, you got to see it. You got to watch it. I've tried to convince everyone I know to watch it. Uh It's it's literally one of the most breathtaking horror things I've ever seen. Like, I got scared, but at the same time, I started it as white noise. I anticipated to fall asleep, and it'd be really boring. But I started, like, 8 o'clock, I think, on a Saturday night. I planned on staying in. And Andrew, he's a night cop, so he gets home at, like, 5 in the morning. He's like, why the hell are you awake? And I... I was like, I am so invested into this show. I'm a producer at this point. I uh, like, here. I uh, I, I might watch it this weekend. Uh, depends. Oh, we got a, I got a big weekend coming up as far as football is concerned. So, uh, I might not if I'm depressed. Like I might not. But you know, who knows? Um, It'll distract you. Maybe. Do you have any other horror movies that you yes. particularly like? Go right ahead then. Yes, and I am so excited because. Last time we talked, I told you I was going to my friend's house so we could have a horror movie marathon, and we watched this horror movie, and it is the weirdest, funniest, most what-the-fuck horror movie I've ever seen. Okay. And it's called Sleepaway Camp, or Camp Sleepaway. Oh, I think I've heard of And it's on Amazon. There's a one, two, and three, but I watched it, and the ending was so, like, I was cry, like, crying. I'm not going to ruin it, I'm not going to talk about it, but I was just... This is amazing. Uh, definitely a, a good favorite now. I've never seen it before, but now it's a good favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with it. Yeah, I, I'm aware of it. I, I just remember it was like, I think it came out after. Did it come out after Friday the 13th? And I thought that that oh, was yeah, like. I think it was definitely an after. But yeah. um, you can't go through Halloween without at least watching one of the classics, whether it be Freddy, Jason, um, huh. Michael. You got to see those. Uh, actually, none of the I'm not a big fan of any of the like mainstay horror films. Like, I guess of like the big franchises. Uh, I don't know if this counts, but um, I'm not a big fan of Nightmare on Elm Street, or I'm not a big fan of Friday the Thirteenth. I'm not a big fan of Halloween, although I like the first one, and I really will probably watch the new one that just came out recently. I'll probably watch that on Redbox eventually. Honestly, I think the only one I'm a really big fan of is. Scream, like that was the one. I love oh. that first Scream movie. Like even as a kid, that I was, was like, nice. yeah, yeah. And it's it, as a kid, I was terrified of it. But as an adult, I'm like, this is actually a pretty interesting movie. Like it's got, it's just so subversive and like mm-hmm. unconventional. That I was like, I get. I'm not terror. It doesn't scare me anymore. Uh, but I'm like, you know, what? this is a fun movie. I like this movie. So. Do you uh, remember when uh, was it Scary Movie One made a parody of that? Because I was originally scared yeah. of the Scream One. And yeah. then that parody happened, and I was okay. Uh, I really do love those first two scary movies. Those are fucking hilarious. Um, They're great. Uh, and even with the fourth one, they stayed good, uh, or at least the fourth one of Scream. They yes, still yes, stay, yes. stayed true. I think, yeah, we talked about this last time. Like, I was, I'm not, I like Scream 1. I like Scream 2. I don't really like Scream 3, because it's just, it's, it's out there. Like, it's just like, okay, guys, y'all need to take a break. But Scream 4, actually, like, because the twist ending, like, uh, mild spoiler: There are two, um, there are two killers, 
uh, in Scream uh, 4. The first one that is revealed, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But the second one, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Fucking right. All right. I can dig this. I can dig this. I was very surprised. I enjoyed that movie. Let's see. One of my favorites, and I think I told you it's probably my favorite horror movie of all time, is John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. I just watched it actually a few weeks ago, right around the beginning of the month. Um, I love that movie so much because it. I did watch it as a small child, and anyone who's seen it knows that it is a great movie when it comes to uh, like creature effects. And it's terrifying because, I mean, for the time, nowadays it doesn't look real. Obviously, it looks like rubber and plastic, but I think it still holds up if you, like, take it for what it is and you're, like, don't try and compare it to, like, oh, well, shit now looks way more real. It's like, but that that's now. Like, that they didn't have computers in this fucking – this is all, like, handmade and shit. And, and yeah, like, like it's location versus set. Yeah. Set was in a warehouse. They would commit so much, such a tiny space to really make it look like there was a cabin in the woods. There wouldn't actually be a location where this was. Yeah. It was all taken care of inside warehouse. And you can just see, goes back to that thing from before, when lo- like when you make something, the love that's put into it. You can see where people took their time, really focusing on those small details. Yeah, and I love that movie because I love the characters and the reveals and, like, uh... I'm, I'm just going to spoil a movie that's really fucking old now. Uh, the scene where they're giving – where the doc is giving uh, – one of the characters is having a heart attack. And so the doc is giving him like the defibrillator and shit like that. And he's like, clear. And he's like, he's not going to make it. And he goes, clear one more time. Well, the dude that's having the heart attack is really the, one of the aliens. And his chest opens up and like like a row of teeth. And the doc's hands go inside and the, the monster alien bites his hands off fucking love that scene i think that was the scene that i watched i was like what as a child i was like what the fuck is this movie dude uh another one i didn't mention this on last time we did this but i thought about it because it's one of my favorite horror movies as far as like in the same vein as the uh the thing mm-hmm. it's the 1988 version of the blob it's kind of a deep cut it's not very well known but it also has great creature effects because like I'll just describe, like, the the scene that gets me, and I still have a hard time watching this scene, is, so, uh, the main girl's boyfriend is trying to call, like, call somebody, like, call the police, because, like, someone just got eaten by the blob, right? But what he didn't see was the blob climbed onto the ceiling above him, and so he's like, officer, come in, blah, 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 he's like, oh my god, we're, we're all at the, and then he notices that the blob's above him, and so it falls on him, but you don't see it fall on him, right? So then you find the girl, and she's looking around for him, and, like, you're, like, she's, like, let's just call him Billy. I don't remember the fuck his name, but he's, like, Billy, where are you? And then she's, like, walking around, like, the hospital looking for him, and then she turns a corner and sees the blob eating him and, like, peeling his skin back and, like, him dissolving in the blob. And she, like, grabs his arm that's hanging out of the blob, and, like, it comes, like, it falls off, and she, like, is holding, like, her boyfriend's, like, lifeless arm. Dog. I watched that probably as like a nine-year-old. Gave me fucking nightmares. Oh, it's so good though. I love that movie. It's not a good movie. It's a very predictable movie. But it's like so good as far as creature effects, dude. It is so great. I love that. I have that movie on DVD because I was like, I want to be able to watch this whenever the fuck I feel like watching this. <laughs> I would say the first is what traumatized me as a kid. Just absolutely. Paul Brett. Yeah. And it was because he didn't actually look scary to me. It's because he looked so friendly. Yeah. 
and it made me like distrust like if i saw a scary clown with teeth i'd be fine because i knew its intentions but if i saw someone dressed as a happy clown i would be petrified like frozen so you uh so you talk about the one the original with tim curry in the 90s um what did you since you loved that original how'd you feel about the newer one i love the newer one too yeah the newer one was really good like you kind of have to take them as like obviously just funny yeah it was really funny oh yeah dude finn wolfhard as uh richie god he was fucking (laughs) i think that's another key aspect of like horror movies like like you they got jokes. Yeah, they gotta have. You can't just have intensity, like the entire time. You need like someone to point out, like what the fuck is going on right now. <laughs> and that was the crazy thing about Cabin in the Woods too, yeah. because Cabin in the Woods really pointed out like those uh, levels of like the jock, the virgin, the yeah. uh, stoner, like all those things, yeah. and then the relation that has. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, another one of mine, and. I'll I'll just mention it. Um, is the Omen like okay? So nineteen seventy six, I think. Don't quote me on that, but it was a seventies movie. Uh, stars Gregory Peck. It's about the Antichrist. It is such a dark movie, and I fucking love it to death. Uh, it's my favorite Gregory Peck performance. I think he's better in it than he is in. I mean, he gets all the praise for To Kill a Mockingbird, but I think he's actually better in the Omen. That's just my opinion. Uh, I know it's a hot take, but. Uh, I love it because the music is – it's just the vibe of that entire movie. And I really blame my mother because she's the one – she's like – she's like that is – I think that's the scariest movie she's ever seen. And so when – as a child, you hear your parents say, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen. What are you going to want to do? You're like, I want to watch that movie immediately. If you get scared by it, holy fuck, it must be good, right? So it's so good and it's so freaky. And I think we talked about this last time. It kind of spun off into – it kind of was like the basis – for a lot of the Final Destination movies, like yeah, when they would take the pictures and the yeah yeah yeah. On yeah and then yeah. I'm also a big fan of the Final Destination movies. We talked about this last time. Where it was like the the first two are really good. Like I really like that first one. I really like the second one. The third one's all right. Uh, I think I stopped at four. I could. I don't think we ever decided last time. Like, did they go to five or six? I can't remember. But man, I can't which one they went to. But you had me. You were so excited talking about it. I went back and I looked at the second one the other day and yeah. i was looking for the third one as well yeah dude i just wonder how those people sleep at night like the people who come up with those deaths and those final destination movies you're like how how did you do you think about this like on a daily basis like do you just like jot down ideas to how to kill people like it's just like fuck those movies are so good and it's just it's just ridiculous like i don't even find them scary i'm just fascinated by like 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 they just all just like die in the most horrific, elaborate ways. <laughs> Do you have a, uh, another one? Because I, I had a couple more. Just, uh, let me think, let me think. The Babadook scared the crap out yeah, of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this last time. I never, I still haven't seen it. Uh, it's just one of those things. Uh, it scared me until I realized it was a metaphor, and the metaphor, I feel like, took away from it. Yeah. But it is the first movie, like, I watched it with a bunch of dudes, like, big guys, strong guys, and we were about halfway through it. And one of them goes, you know what, guys? We could stop this movie right now and move on with our lives. And we would be okay. We wouldn't need therapy. But then we saw the ending and we're like, oh, dang. So I feel like if the people, like, I didn't think the message they were sending, but they had left it out. I would have been petrified for, like, weeks and had a nightlight for, like, a 24-year-old at that time. Yeah. Um, uh, 
can't think of really any others. Like, I mean, I never was scared by the poltergeist. Exorcist personally put me to sleep. Yeah. I mean, that was scary at the time, but you're kind of now, you're like, eh, well. Oh, uh, I'll just. Well, I appreciate the effects of it. Yeah, it's, it. it's impressive like that, but it's like also at the same time, it's a slow burn. Like, it's like, oh, okay. All right. But uh-huh. the last one, I, the last couple I wanted to talk about, and then I'll I'll tell my story again of like the scariest movie I've ever seen, and I've only seen it once, and I never want to see it again. Uh, and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, uh, the one Jaws is a horror movie for me. Like I know it's a summer blockbuster movie and it's a creature feature, but I consider it a horror movie uh, nonetheless. That's a classic for me as a horror film and as a Spielberg film. Uh, the other film I want to talk about that one that actually fucked me up for a while. That I, I I still have only seen once, but it's not the scariest movie I've ever seen. But it did fuck with me for a good while. You can ask my mom and my brother. They can both confirm this. The Sixth Sense, man. Like, I mean, I was slightly older than Haley Joe Osment when that movie came out. But, like, you watch a movie about a kid who can see dead people. And, like, he sees a teen in the hallway. And the teen's like, hey, come see. I want to show you some. I want to show you my dad's gun. And the, the teen, like, turns his back and, like, part of the back of his head is missing. You're like... That kind of freaked me out. So that movie was terrifying, and I never want to see that movie ever again. I still haven't. Fuck that movie. <laughs> I dug it. I uh, I remember I watched it when I was little too, and my mom had said I was watching it with me, and she's like, "Here, watch this. I don't think it's too scary. I think you'll be able to handle it." And when here's spoiler alert. When he's talking to Bruce Willis, and he's like petrified, looking at him, and he's like, "I see dead people." I was like, "Oh, mom." Bruce Willis is dead. Yeah. She gets so pissed off. That's she nuts, She was just man. like, how? How? And I'm like, well, look at him. Why would he look like that and say that? And she's like, what? And I'm like, and look, his wife, he never, his wife never talks to him, mom. His wife never, like, his, I was like, I, was, I can't remember what I said or how I said it, but I do remember my mom was so mad that she was like, do you know how many people were like, <gasps> yeah, that's one of the big famous twists. Like, it's like that fight club. Uh, usual suspects like it's those like a lot of those type of movies they're like oh the ending everyone knows the the twist at the end but everyone's like yeah don't spoil it for anybody though uh, but yeah man like it's just like I would get nervous when it got cold because it was like oh it gets cold and ghosts around I, I was convinced like I would catch ghosts on my peripheral vision I was a very I had a very active imagination overactive imagination as a kid so that kind of shit for... overactive imagination yeah Okay, so uh, did you have a scary – I can't remember the last time if you mentioned you had, like, a scary movie you never want to watch ever again. No, not really. I can normally handle things. It's just the first time getting through. Yeah. Uh, and, like, peeking through the fingers. I can't really remember one that really, like – I would be like, no, I cannot watch this again. I've seen some disturbing ones yeah. that were just, like, um, good. But that's – I can't really remember those. Like, it was just so long. Yeah. I remember there was one, I think it's called Contracted, and it was, like, about diseases, and she starts rotting from, like, the inside out, and Ugh. there were maggots, and I was like, this is disturbing, I'm good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the scene where she starts, like, trying to, like, have sex with that dude, and then, like, maggots fall on him, and I was like, I'm good, I'm out, I'm not finishing this movie, I thought Starry Eyes on Netflix was really good. There's some pretty good ones on there. Uh, so I'll go into mine. The scariest movie I've ever seen. Uh, it's not even that scary. Like, I'm convinced it's not even that scary, but I just can't get my, bring myself to ever watch it again. 
so I was I'll tell the story again. Uh, I was God, I had to be like four or five. Like I was up I was up late for some reason. It might have been around Halloween. And it was like late, late. And I was such a small child, so I flipped on the television in my room and Carrie was on. Stephen King's <laughs> Carrie. And so I didn't know what the fuck I was watching. I didn't know what Carrie was. And so I'm watching it. I don't even think I remember, like, I think I caught after, like, the the period scene she has in the girls' locker room. But, like, so I'm watching it all build up, and she's going to the prom and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is, like, a 70s movie. And then, like, blood falls on her. And then she starts killing everybody violently, and the music is intense and stuff like that. I was so scared. Again, you can ask my brother and my mother. They both will confirm uh, the veracity of this story. I was so terrified. I couldn't change the channel. Like I literally – this was late, late at night. I had to wake my mother up out of a dead sleep to to turn off the television for me because I was petrified to go near it. Like I was so freaking scared and never seen that movie ever again. And I don't particularly want to because – I'm I, I PTSD man. Let's just chalk it up to did PTSD. You the, did you see the remake? No, I didn't because I was like, uh, why are they bothering? Like the first one, I'm sure is the first one. I'm sure everyone's been like, I'm I, again. I I only watched it once as a small child. I'm sure it's a classic. So why bother? Like I don't. I have no interest in it at all. But I'm sure it was fine. I just don't. I'm it like, was fine. It just wasn't the first. You're right. Yeah. But yeah, that's my um, that's the scariest so movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm gonna hire a blonde woman in the Austin area <laughs> to knock on your door and a blood drenched like wig and <laughs> dress. It's gonna be fine. It was just it was just it wasn't even I don't I'm gonna, like I said, I know it's not scary. I know if I watched it as an adult, I would be fine. It's it's probably not that bad, but just you catch things at a certain age that are way too intense for you at that age, and it traumatizes you. <laughs> anyway, are you ready to get to the questionnaire? I'm ready. Okay. You hit me with the questions. Hit me with your best shot. <laughs> okay. What's a skill or craft that you want to learn one day? Woodworking. Yes. Definitely. Like Ron Swanson levels of woodworking. Yeah. I'm growing in a mustache because, like, on November 1st, I'm going to shave, like, my face except my mustache for Movember. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, I kind of – I'm just – I'm imagining I'm going to turn into Ron Swanson when I do that. <laughs> for the women of America, please do. Oh, man. We'll see how it comes out. I've done it once, and it looked hilarious, and then I shaved it off almost immediately because I looked too ridiculous. But we'll see how I – I'll see if I can rock it for a month. Um, but, yeah, dude, woodworking sounds like such a great craft. Like, I just imagine, like, if you knew that skill, it could if – you, if you were really good at woodcrafting. You would, mm-hmm. you would, that would transfer into being kind of good at so many other things, you know, like handiwork and shit. Mm-hmm. Man. Uh, all right, next question. What's your favorite TV show? Either currently on, I know you just talked about Hill, Haunting at Hill House, either another show that's currently on or a show that is no longer on. Parks and Rec is good. The Office is good. But these are things I come back to yeah. very frequently. Uh Black Mirror, that's a show that, like, I'm obsessed with, but after one episode in particular, it, like, shook me to my core so much personally that I had to watch 
every season of Family Guy before I could go on to the next episode. Do you remember which one was it? Uh, Shut Up and Dance. Oh, oh, that another yeah. great twist ending. I did not see that coming. Like a bunch of people, I remember when that first dropped, people were like, "How did you not see that coming?" I'm like, "I don't know, man. I just was." I guess I was rooting I, for a happy ending, but I should know better by now. <laughs> I, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. And, like, it never dawned on me. For some reason, like, I just thought people yeah. got, as they grew old, sicker and sicker and sicker. It never hit me that people just started off young looking for that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, my God. I, I felt sick and disturbed and just, like... I, I was like, I need happy, so I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch this. I love Big Mouth with the hormone monster and the hormone. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's the monster. other one I gotta check out. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I almost made my guy, and I'd be the hormone monster and hormone <laughs> monstrous. Probably. Uh, I think my favorite. I know my favorite episode of of Black Mirror is White Christmas, the one with the three kind of three part oh. one with John Hamm. I think that's the uh-huh. best episode. But uh, the one that just fucked me up recently, the last time I watched it, was Crocodile. Do you remember uh-huh. the one, the woman who's like, I don't want to spoil anything, but just... It was like the first episode of the, or before or after Archangel in the newest season. Yeah, it's, it was in the right. newest season. It's been a, it's, God, it's been a while. That, that season came out like early last year. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But that one fucked me up because obviously, uh, I'll just say this, The Baby. That yeah. fucked me up. Like, I was like, oh, man. This is... Uh, also, did you know what the newest season, what they're doing? I heard they're going to do, like, a choose-your-own choose your own adventure ending. Adventure. Yeah. It'd be very interesting how that works. Like, I'm like, how does how's that going to work? But all right, sure. I'm just happy for more Black Mirror, dude. Fuck, I don't give a shit. So, Crocodile was your worst? Yeah, I think that was the one where I was like, I need to, like, stop. Because I was... I think that's, like, episode four or five of the new... The latest season... And so I was like, okay, you just binged like five of these in a row. Step away from the couch. Like you need to go watch something else or go out and like do something else because I need to like think about like it's just a TV show, man. Don't let it weigh you down because it's a fucking depressing episode. Uh, Yeah, but it's also – it's kind of like where we're headed technologically speaking. Yeah, this is true. with China's approval system of giving like good citizen, bad citizen, and the reviews and things like that. Yeah. Um, the episode where it's about credit of like the same one where it's like yeah. if you're good, you get to do this. If you're bad or not popular, you get to do this. And then uh, that episode messed up my friend a lot. And then the one that other than Shut Up and Dance, Shut Up and Dance messed me up as like a whole perspective, but it's like another personal perspective. I found the. Um, Oh, what was it? It's the second episode, I think, or the third episode in the first season, and it's when he has the contact. Oh, yeah, when he can relive can his history. Play. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can. Yeah, you can review fights or pause moments, yeah. relive conversations. I, I know if that technology was available to me, I would lose my life. I would lose friends. I would lose relationships because I would relive things and hear them and play them over and over and over again, trying to find a subtext that didn't exist. I think next year. Uh, next volume, me and you are gonna do a Black Mirror episode. We're gonna talk about them all. We're gonna because there's not a lot of episodes. I think there we'll isn't. go next year. We'll, we'll we'll plan it now. We're gonna go through it. We're gonna do a Black Mirror episode next year. Also, like what episode is this? This is forty nine. So you promised to give me sixty nine. Oh, uh, well, that's that's twenty episodes. Although maybe I don't know. I think that might be next season. We'll find out. 
If not, we'll see. I don't know. That could be two different episodes. One episode dedicated to Black Mirror. The other episode, episode 69. Dedicated to kinky shit. It's going to get weird. Okay. uh, Okay. What's something, you know, a joke, a movie, a video, or a meme that makes you laugh every time? Oh my god, this is terrible, but it's the it's the one where the fat guy is sitting at the table, and one guy goes, what's worse than a rapist? And then he rips off the piece of paper and it says, a word, and the guy goes, oh, a child. And he's like, what? No, a child rapist. And I don't know why, but the minute that guy looks into the camera and shit. I just, and every time my friends will just randomly send it to me, and I will, like, doesn't matter what situation I'm in, I will bust out laughing and like die laughing that or sloths like yes i was gonna mention that (laughs) i just start crying and i get so emotional do you know i have a sloth onesie that i'm not allowed to wear because when i wear it either my boyfriend my friends are like stop it rachel because i start moving around the house super slow (laughs) yeah i think you i think you told me about that a long time ago that's pretty awesome man I will send you, yeah, I will say, I have been known to send Rachel random sloth things just to fuck her day up. <laughs> and you know, like, you gotta send, like, a warning, this can, video contains explicit content kind of thing. Warning, Rachel, this video contains sloths, so I hope you're not wearing a fresh mascara. Yeah, because I, I remember I sent you one randomly, and you were like, you need to give me a heads up next time. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I will next time, I promise. Because <laughs> I was at work, and I had burst into tears, and then had to greet people like, hello, welcome to River City Escape Room, you're gonna have a great time. Oh, okay, this is another good one, if I recall the the first attempt at this question. Um, What was your first crush? Who was your first crush? Either in real life or celebrity. Oh, celebrity? That's hard. That is hard. I think I always had a crush on Bruce Willis. Always. I don't know why. I was like, Bruce Willis. Mm. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be full honest. It was a guy, and I'm sorry, dude, if you ever ever gets back to you. It was Chad Gordon. Chad! I remember the moment I saw him. It was in second grade. I was walking to the library, and he was walking past me, headed towards the second grade hallway. And it was slow motion. There were fireworks going out behind him. I heard violins and... Uh, I think I even like beat up some chick like Helga Bataki like tell me all of his favorite things <laughs> and it was pretty bad and like the whole school was in on it like the art department would I would sign up for one thing and they'd be like oh sorry this would be what you should be doing and put me like a drum ensemble or they'd cast him as like uh, the head quarterback in a school play and even though I didn't even want to be in the play and tons of people would want it they were like Rachel's gonna be head cheerleader just so they would see me like freak the fuck out in front of this dude that I never spoke a word to and Oh my god, I feel so bad for that man. Like, and it was a small school. There was no way that everyone was in on it that he didn't know. So I feel so bad that he had to go like nine years with this low-key stalker, like, like Stinky from Hey Arnold, another Hey Arnold reference, just behind him, like. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Chad, man. I hope he's living his best life right now. <laughs> oh but let's just call him the the one that got away, right? No, not to not to impugn your current boyfriend, but yeah. <laughs> that poor man. Glad he ran. He should have ran. Anyway, I, next question. Oh, wait, no, wait, who was your crush? I, I, I mentioned this last time we did this because, you know, 
I feel like divulging as well, since you're brave enough to divulge something like that. Uh, I think, if you recall, I, uh, <laughs> it's just so, I feel like a creep, but it's not really that creepy. Like, I'm not, I wasn't stalking anyone. There was just a girl, my, my sophomore year of high school, when I was in Houston, it was English class, and I thought that I had, at the time, had seen the most beautiful girl I had ever seen in my 15-year-old life. Ever seen. Her name was uh, Chelsea Kilzer. She was in, she, like, I sat in the back of class because I was, I, I just sat in the back of class because I was that type of dude in high school. And she sat, like, five rows across from me, like, six desks ahead of me, right? Like, so across, like, diagonally. And, like, I, she was just so gorgeous. Like, I was just, like, I had to actively look at other things in the room because I wasn't paying attention in class. Uh, I had to actively be like, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't look at her, don't look at her. Like, I had to do this in my brain. And I would, like, look for, like, okay, that's five seconds. That's enough. Stop looking at her. Dog, shout out to Chelsea Kilzer. You were the, like, dream girl of 15-year-old John. And Do we know if she's still hot? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure she's on Can Facebook. find out this information? I don't want to stalk this random girl. Don't worry, I'm on it. <laughs> Just text it to me. Okay, I will. I'll text to you. <laughs> yeah, edit, edit her last name. I will. I'm not going to edit her last name about what, when I'm saying it, but I will uh, I will edit all this out. But it got to the point, I just remember, like, she said my name once. Like, I think she asked me, hey, John, where's your desk? Because she was handing out something for the teacher or some shit like that. And I was like, oh, it's it's over there. Dude, made my day. I, it made my day. Like, I was like, she knows who I am? She knows my name? Dog, I had it so bad for this girl, dude. So bad for this girl. Oh, I'm getting jealous. Okay. <laughs> Moving on from that embarrassing little uh, anecdote. What's your favorite dessert? Chocolate mousse. Or, like, yes. Lindor truffle. Ooh, good choice. Mm-hmm. How about you? Oh, it's definitely it. All it is, and for always will be creme brulee. But uh, I will say, with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, between the between the days of November first to January fifth, my favorite. I guess my favorite uh, dessert becomes pumpkin pie. Like that's my that's my jam. Like I look forward to it every year. I told my mom's like you could we could have fucking uh, ramen noodles for Thanksgiving dinner. I don't give a fuck, uh, but we better have pie because if we don't have pie, it's not Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, she makes me she makes me and my brother my own each of our own pies because we be- definitely take them home with us and we eat them at our houses and stuff like that. I love 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 pumpkin pie so much, oh, so good. You gotta make sure you get the the right like packing stuff though when you get it. Oh yeah, I've, I I. I have a co- I have a cooler. I literally bring a cooler home with me every year, just so I can transport it across state lines. <laughs> you gotta be ready for that. Gotta be ready for that. Uh, it's so good, dude. It's like pumpkin pie. Uh, and here's the weird thing about it: it tastes the best at like two o'clock in the morning, and it's like almost not ice cold, but it's been chilling in the freezer or in the cool in the fridge. For a while, so it has to be late night. It has to be cold. It tastes like heaven every single time. I don't heat it up. I just eat it with a spoon out of the little pie pie pan, and that's 
man, that's oh, it's so good. I'm looking forward to it already. Just talking about it, like I'll be in New Orleans in about in less than a month, and I'm looking forward to it so much, dude. <laughs> make it make you too. No, see, I don't want to be gluttonous because it's it's a treat. It's a treat. I don't want to get ever. I don't ever want to get sick of it. So I'm like, I just have my one. Actually, she makes she makes like four of them. One for her fam, one for the family that we eat like after dinner. One for uh, I think one for my grandmother, and then one for me and my brother. So I eat the one that she makes for the family after dinner, and then I have a whole one to myself, which I take back with me. So, uh, okay. so yeah, I eat a lot of it while I'm there. Uh, okay, if you could trade places with a famous and or powerful person alive today. Who would it be? Jensen Eccles' wife. Yeah. Uh, old uh, Danielle, Ac- uh, Danielle Ackles. Mm-hmm. Totally would trade places with his wife. Uh, a person of power, though? Hmm. Uh, maybe someone on the Supreme Court justice because it's scaring me lately. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Danielle Ackles. She's from Lafayette, Louisiana. Shout out to a homegirl right there. But yeah, dude, I totally feel you. Jensen uh, Eccles. <laughs> I don't blame, I don't know if I'd want to be on a Supreme Court. That sounds like too much fucking pressure right there. Only if I get like the information. Like I want to have the know-how when I get there. Yeah. Like, Obviously you want to be qualified. Brain, yeah, I got to have that intellectual thing. But, oh goodness, all the drama going on nowadays. I don't know. Maybe Vladimir Putin and just start doing weird shit. <laughs> I like, would, I, than he already does. Mine is uh, mine is still Bob Iger, the CEO of uh, the Disney company. He oversees obviously all of Walt Disney Studios, parks, all their stuff, and then also Marvel and Star Wars and a whole bunch of other shit. And now Fox. So it's like I would want to be Bob Iger. Like that's he's got a lot of power. Because I'm just fascinated what his day is like. I'm like, what does he do? Like, what does he he wake like like does he wake up? He goes to work. What is his day like? What is he? Is he just in meetings all day? Like. How does that work? Um, Maybe they've invented cloning. <laughs> we just don't know about it. So he's like at three different meetings at once. So he's got a time turner like Hermione. <laughs> so, all right. This was another big question. I remember you really were interested. You were very excited about. Would you rather drive in a NASCAR race or in a monster truck rally? Okay. So I've, I've prepared mentally for this question. I would be a monster truck driver. <laughs> it always fascinates me how people... Like, I don't know what I would pick. I think I'd lean towards NASCAR, but I'm always fascinated by people's reasonings for what they pick on that question. Think, think about this question. NASCAR, you're going left for a very long time. Not, necess- not necessarily. Some of them, you know, have twists and turns. or Some are more intricate than a simple left turn the entire time. So, I mean, yes, I clearly couldn't do it. It's more than that. But if you can either do that for X amount of time yeah. and or you can fuck shit up <laughs> in a giant ass truck while everyone's hollering at you and rooting you on oh yeah okay uh, last question and then we'll wrap it up what's some good advice you wish you could have had in the past or what's some advice you would give to like a young person these days you are going to have to learn to forgive people that are never going to apologize to you and just to go higher than some fights even if you're in the wrong even if you're in the right that some people it's just it comes down to it's being right more important than this relationship or just mm. some people 
even if say you never see them again but for you to have peace of mind you're just going to have to forgive people mm. that are never going to apologize or even know that they did anything wrong to you that's, that's like, yeah that's incredibly true man how about you mine mine uh is and i was thinking about this uh while i was driving one day i was thinking i was like you you have to be able to and i guess it kind of is related to what you your advice was there are some things in this world you will never know like i was thinking i don't remember what i was exactly thinking but i was thinking about something it's like why did that happen why did why did that person do that i'm like i don't know and some people will project their own answers onto stuff that's why conspiracy theories will always be around uh but there are some things we you will never know the answer to whether it be in the larger world or in your own like personal life or whatever there are some things you'll never know you'll have to accept not knowing some things and you'll have to realize all right i can i guess i just have to live with it could be this it could be that you know i'll never know and i'll just have to accept that mm-hmm. yeah which is frustrating yeah, for someone like really good advice though it's, yeah it's super hard but yeah. it's really good and for someone like me who will overanalyze any situation and try and figure out an answer to something and wonder about certain things and this and that it's kind of hard for someone like me because I'm, I'm always like i want to know the truth and i I don't care if it hurts my feelings or not, i'll take the truth no matter what but sometimes you're not meant to have the truth man you're not meant to know it's not your secret it's not your or it's not your truth to know it's like you just gotta live with it man it sucks but it's a fact of life I guess this is going to do it, man. This is going to be coming out uh, early tomorrow morning around 8 o'clock. Thank you again, Rachel, for doing this redo. Um, it was just as lovely as the first time, if I may say so. Maybe yeah, I'm happy to do it, and thank you for having me. Always. Uh, that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, this this will be – I already said it's coming out tomorrow, so I'm not going to repeat that. I appreciate everyone listening. Please like, subscribe, and share. And all as always, we appreciate any feedback. You can reach the pod on Twitter at FAF Podcast. Uh, there's uh, the Gmail account, FAF Podcast at gmail.com. And, you know, I'm on Facebook. So if you want to stalk me or send me feedback, either or, it's at your disposal. Uh, I can't promise I'll get back to you, but, you know, maybe you'll catch me on a good day. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for us. Thank you. Thank you, my love. I really do appreciate it. And I hope you have a lovely evening. I hope you have a happy Halloween tomorrow. Happy Halloween. All right. I'll talk to you uh, later. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.